What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Vito Adonzelli and Michael Nowen. We have another great show for you, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at the Screamers underscore pod. What's up, fellas? We are back. It's been a How long summer, man. Yeah. I'm busy. Time's flown. I needed a break from this. You guys kind of... I just needed a break from both of you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He thought it was his idea, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's also kind of funny when Mike leaves, we just win in Fall Guys every single time, too. Every it's time. Really weird how that works. All right, look, if you really want to talk about Fall Guys, we can make another podcast dedicated to that and how good I am at that game. But <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a long podcast, to tell you that much. <laughs> We have a lot of great stuff, though. Um, I mean, obviously, basically, next couple episodes for everyone listening, we're basically going to cover the Premier League. The, today, we're going to focus on the top half of the table, just in alphabetical order, from Arsenal all the way down to, I think, Leeds it is. Like, yes, Leeds. And then the following uh, following 10 teams after that. And then right before the Premier League season opens up, we're going to do our yearly prediction episode where I get most of them right and you guys get none. <laughs> whole lot of ego going on right now, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> sure why not open up the new like the new year with just a bunch of shots thrown why not you gotta start it fresh <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> okay <laughs> let's kick it off with the biggest club over in north london uh arsenal yeah what about him <laughs> <laughs> oh my god just looking for a reaction that's all um i'll run through some things real quick for us here they're managed by Mikel arteta last year's finish fifth place 69 points with 61 goals for very nice (laughs) (laughs) 61 goals for and 48 against um curious what you guys think about this aspirations they made a few big signings we'll kind of cover that in one second but for me I'm, i'm i'm assuming any arsenal fan as well after last year's kind of collapse at the end it's basically champions league or bust you guys agree disagree yeah, for, I mean, for that club, it's always always needs to be at least Champions League bust. I think it's too soon to even put a title thought in people's heads. So I think it's a pretty good target for a tenant to hit. But I think this year, more than any, given the transfer business, which we'll go over shortly, um, this really will be a complete bust if they don't make the Champions League. Absolutely. Uh, Champions League are bust, 100%. <clears throat> I think once this impending Zinchenko deal gets officially confirmed, because right now it's unofficial, but – it's pretty much a done deal. They'll have spent what, how much money over the, the summer of well over a hundred mil. Again, they were pretty close to it last summer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's not like Kroenke as much shit as he gets is, you know, not putting money behind the Arsenal team. And at this point it falls squarely on Arteta to get them into champions league. It's, I feel like if this is kind of a make or break season for him as a coach of Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. And to your point, yeah, I mean, their net spend is over 90 million. I mean, they laid out over 100, but they had a couple outbounds as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with with that, I mean, if you look at it too, like the way that they've been building, and it's not like I want to sit here and necessarily take a crap on Arsenal this entire time as much as I'd like to, because um, they, as a team under Arteta, have gotten consistently better and consistently have hit that next step. But it's you would almost say it's not necessarily – it's more of a baby step than it is like, I guess, a normal step, if that makes sense in terms of like an analogy. And you really want to see them take that bigger stride in this upcoming year. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how Arteta was able to fare with like these new players. He finally gets his nine that he wants in Gabriel Jesus. 
He's getting Zinchenko, who's a pretty versatile player, can cover for Tierney at left back, can also slot in the midfield, right? He has an eye for a pass in particular. Um, who else were they able to bring in as well? Who I'm missing? Uh, uh, Matt Turner, obviously. Oh, Jesus, of course. Matt the Turner. biggest one of them all. He's going to be starting over Ramsdale, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um no but uh fabio um what's his name fabio Vieira. he'll be a good player he'll be a playmaker they get saliba i back saw his from... stats dude he was actually really freaking good last unbelievable. Year before, yeah unbelievable. oh my god saliba. i mean i watched all of his games but just looking at his looking at like his statue i'm like that's 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 exactly what they needed creativity wise they get saliba back too from in the defense to help sure that up assuming he doesn't go back on loan to marseille who's a great player right if they use him correctly it's not like the ingredients aren't there for that team to make a, a serious push, not just top four, but even for like a cup. So, yeah, definitely. And I mean, with this, with the, some of the signings they have, I mean, I think you have to rank Arsenal's midfield as one of the best in the Premier League, probably only behind, obviously, the big two. Um, five, like your point, Fabio Vieira is fantastic. Martin Odegaard is is great. Lucas Torreira is going to be back from loan, I believe, as well. Um, they they have a really really solid young core in the middle of the park and. I think that for me is their their biggest uh, their biggest milestone because I mean for a long time their their midfield was was very good like back in the Arsene Wenger days and then it took a, a a steep dive and I think they're finally getting back to that it almost reminds me of the transfer structure more so suited to like Borussia Dortmund like when they made the move where they realized they're not going to be able to get the Erling Hollands anymore and they're getting this just this incredible young talent yeah. I find this kind of weird. I feel like yeah. I've seen this a lot this year. There's a decent amount of business going inside, like in between the Premier League's top clubs, and a lot yeah. of it is basically yeah. dishing out excess. Is the gap that big that Man City could be like, "Hey, for third, fourth, and fifth place, take our players. We don't not, need them." Not even a question. Yeah, that, it, it absolutely is that big, and Man City can afford to do it, which is the scariest part of all. Right? They, they don't even they don't even consider Arsenal a rival to put yeah. it in perspective. Literally, don't. Yeah, they, I mean they they have two world class players at just about every single position. They don't need three. I wonder if it's a balancing of the books issue too, because their revenue is strong. Obviously, they're one of the most valuable clubs in the world, but that's because of the owner. I can't imagine that their actual revenue, because for historically speaking, Manchester City doesn't sell a lot of players, especially for a high price tag. They don't have they don't do the transfer business of Chelsea and Liverpool, you know, no, and Spurs. So they buy. They they I think it got to a point where their their roster is so big, the wage bill is so large. And the gap is so big that they can afford to just start trimming the fat. Yeah. And it's not like it's bad fat either. Like Zinchenko's a good player. Ake, who's slated to potentially leave, he's a good player. Obviously, they got rid of uh, Raheem Sterling. He's a great player. Jesus. You know, Jesus. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll talk about him in a second. But from that perspective, it's it's pretty interesting to your points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Because, like, you would never – I'm not going to say that this is anywhere near the same level as – Arsenal, Man City, but like, imagine Barcelona and Real like tr- doing transfer business together. No, no, never. Weird. A million years. Not unless Barcelona gets relegated for bad finances. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which could happen. Which could happen. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not unheard of. <laughs> um, Don't they have a salary cap over there too? Very strict in La Liga. But how are they? Not, not to get off track. But to stick with Arsenal, just on the last point I want to hit on, one of the main pieces I'm really curious about for them as a team, and specifically, I know they spent a lot of money on Jesus. Obviously, that's Arteta's man. He has 
linkage with him at Man City and they have that prior connection. I'm really wondering how Jesus settles into that squad. He's obviously great with link-up play, but can he be that true poacher, that true finisher who's able to put up a potentially 20-plus goal season for them? So I, think that, so I think that's what determines them cha- getting Champions League or not, straight up. I, I actually think it's going to be question marks over their defense, which is something that we, there's been question marks over for a very long time. I know they shelled out, what, $50 million on, on Ben White. Gabriel's back there. You have to imagine uh, Kieran Tierney and uh, Tomiyasu are still going to start on the wings. But mm-hmm. in terms of depth for that team, regardless of Saliba coming back, I think there's still a lot of question marks over there and, and, and injury concerns that if they start cropping up, doesn't matter about these four additions of the quality of their midfield, especially if they out get your Tealmans, which is still being rumored. Um, but I would like to see another signing in the center back position to really shore up that defensive line. Who do you think uh, they should I'm target? Um, it's a good question. I, I, you know, I'm, what's that, Steve? Are you just going to say John, John Brooks. Brooks for any center back? <laughs> <laughs> Man's a free agent. Get him for cheap. Moving on to Aston Villa, um, obviously Steven Gerrard took over uh, late last year for Dean, not late, actually probably midway through the year for uh, Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished 14th, 45 points, 52 goals for, 54 against, so pretty even for the most part. Aspirations, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Maybe they, uh, they're definitely trying to push for it based on what we've seen, especially with the transfers over the last two summers. For me, success for them, top half finish challenge for conference league up until like i don't know 25 26 games to the season and then like start maybe try to fade off a little bit but um i don't i don't mind what they're doing i like it yeah i think aspirations for them this season i i like the way they've been doing their transfer policy over the past two years and what they've been bringing in who they've been bringing in overall like the diego carlos's the leon bailey's the danny ings you you can go on and on Felipe coutinho obviously and and babakuru kamara but i feel like for them i'm still not sure if the ecl the european conference league is i think they have an opportunity but i do think that if they finish within that top 10, I think that's an acceptable yes. finish. I think that's an acceptable finish for them. Uh, for Literally the 10th place, I think, would be like, all right, we're making we're making strides. Like, I'm saying yeah. conference league, I'm saying they're a dark horse for it. Like, it's an outside shot. But don't don't forget last year, we were hyped over all their signings, and we had them as dark horses to also finish yes. relatively pretty high and push for something like that, which obviously so if they out. If they got within the 12 to, like, 9-ish range, I would consider that a pretty solid year for Aston Villa, given – where Gerard was when he came in, what he was able to do with that team for the back half of the this year, past year, I think that would be a, a pretty solid landing spot when it's all said and done. I, I think 12 is a little too low for me. I, I, I'm more towards the top half. I mean, looking at their potential starting lineup of, of Watkins, Coutinho, Camaro, um, again, I mean, Tyrone Mings, Digne, Mart- uh, Martinez, and Net. Mm-hmm. I think that squad is very, very strong. And start- Gerard has some, have now had some time to amend the shape, to your point. And, I mean, they, they gave Man City a run at the end of the year, too. Don't forget in that last game. I think there's oh my some quality in this team. The target actually I mean, needs to be the ECL. I'm not, saying not, I'm not saying that falling away from that position would necessarily be a failure. But looking at the other teams around them, they haven't done, I think, enough to strengthen their team the way that Aston Villa has done in the last year or two. Um, I mean, Leicester City, Wolves haven't done too much, to be honest. He spent a ton of outlay on Fabio Silva, right? I think it was his name. And 
he didn't pan out. I think their target should be top half, top 10. But I think realistically, their real goal should be getting that eighth position and locking up the ECL. I think that would be success. Yeah. It's not like they ha- don't have depth either. Like just looking at their squad, like you said, Vito, like Maddie Cash, too, who we didn't Maddie mention, Ash, Ashley Young, um, Douglas Louise, who's a, who's a great, great player, Emilio Bandia. Um, they have the pieces and the ingredients to have a successful season. I think it comes down to them because they got a little bit bitten by the injury bug. They had a little bit of bad luck as a, te- as a team. So I think if they're able to stay healthy, to your point, like they they can make a push to like that edge of a top 10 team or maybe even a dark horse coming in in seventh. It's, is that right? So Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Where do you – I mean, for me, one place they still need to strengthen, I think is the biggest concern is definitely that striker position. Like we all know the quality that Ollie Watkins has up top. But with him out of that side, it's a completely different side, and they need someone that can come in and do the job for them. They um, they have Ings. They have Ings. Yeah, they have Ings. They do have they have Ings, but I, I don't know. I, I still am not I'm not completely sold on that. You think if they start with a two up top with Ings and Watkins? Yeah, I think you have to, right? Honestly, they've been playing like a four two three one kind of. They really don't. I don't necessarily need it. I don't think they would bring, I think it's either one or the other. And I think you, from their perspective, it's probably going to be Leon Bailey or Philippe Coutinho who kind of operates on those. Uh, in those I forgot rooms. about Leon Bailey. Yeah. So assuming Leon Bailey's healthy, that's my assumption with how they would operate. At least up top. Where do you then, think they still need to strengthen? Anywhere that's a question. You've got enough business that it's like, this is what we have for now. Like, we have a little bit of depth. We have a little bit of quality. We have kind of our plan. I feel like they touched upon all of it, right? They locked up Coutinho to a permanent deal. They they strengthened center back with Car- uh, Diego Carlos to uh, pair up with the Ings. I mean, Martinez is a stud. Uh, they got la- it was the last year, or the year before from yep. Uh, yep. from Arsenal. Yep. Two two Premier League strikers. I mean, Buendia, Bailey, Coutinho up top. Uh, they have Jacob Ramsey too, who's a really phenomenal him, young, yeah, young Cash midfielder. He was there. So. I like if they don't get top half, I think it's a disappointing year. Yes, I 100% agree. That's that's the lowest they should finish is 10th place. Yeah, because yeah. like like one of you said, I, I think it was Mike, but like they they've done better than all the like transfer wise than every other team around them in the table. Yes, absolutely. Comparatively speaking, they they on paper have made the best transfers at least for their system. Let's Correct. Put, let's put it that way. Okay. They also did it on paper last year too, and uh, rough year, a little bit of a rough year. Yep. But uh, moving on to our first newly promoted team, Bournemouth. Manager Scott Parker last year finished in second in the championship with eighty-eight points, seventy-four goals for, thirty-nine against. Um, most newly promoted teams, I may, I mean, best case scenario, don't get relegated. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, I would say yeah. if, if you're not relegated. A plus season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my honest opinion there. A little a little bit of a good jump for you. And you know, money helps. Definitely staying there two straight years. Yeah. Um, transfer business, Ryan Fredericks from West Ham, Joe Rothwell from Blackburn. Other than that, I didn't really see too much. Um think it's yeah. enough to stay up. I think they need to figure out their center back position. Um Last year, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Nat Phillips from Liverpool 
on there. And now he's back at Anfield. So they didn't have many defensive options. Um, and now another, another center back, another defensive midfielder, uh, sorry, central defender left to go to another, like a league one side. So they're slowly dwindling in that center back position. And I mean, we, we know we just said that we're trying to, they're trying to stay up. That's really the goal here. And they're not going to let in less than 39 goals this year. They're not going to have that. They're in the Premier League, let's be real. So it's going to be crucial they go out and really shore up that position for themselves because it's it, there's going to be times where they're going to have to pack pack the defense, and they can't do that when they have three three uh, set positions in total. I'm with Vito yeah, on this one. Cahill left too. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a veto on this. I think defensively they need to really, if they want to have a real shot at staying in this league and staying up for another year, they're going to have to spend some serious money defensively on some prospects that can help them do that. Because when I'm looking at their lineup, at least the midfielders, the midfielders, the forwards, they have like Dominic Solanke, who's who's okay. They have at least from a midfielder perspective, Lewis Cook, David Brooks. They're they're good players but are they players who are going to take that team and ultimately put it on their back and help carry them to keep them out of a relegation battle? Cause that's probably what I think they might end up in realistically when the season's all said and done. I don't see that. And the way a lot of these teams have stayed up is by having that super staunch defense. I mean, I know Burnley just got relegated, but that was their core mantra for years was having that literally. level of literally having that defense. Yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, I, I think that's what they have to do from a reinforcement perspective if they want every any opportunity yeah and i think they need to be looking at my my number one pick for them if i'm them is trying to get a loan um for levy colwell from from chelsea he's a youth player had a fantastic year last year but with the new the new regime over at that club and going out and already winning Kulabali and now looking at potentially kunde and kimpembe he's already made made himself pretty vocal that he would look to leave the club if that's the case and he's a highly 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 rated young yep. player for the team so if that means you have to go out alone or something to get him i think this would be an opportunity that would suit both those sides look if history has also helped uh show anything with chelsea whenever they loan a player out or give them away they turn out pretty well for the team that does that so times, yeah yeah most might offense so not a bad not a bad pick honestly yeah no i, I think that's pretty much now they're around the head for them the only thing i'd probably add um not many teams that get promoted that come out swinging. Like they're like, we're just going to outscore people and like not worry about defense. Typically the ones that always get relegated. They might, they might come out in August and like blow people away for a little while. Kind of like Norwich did probably like, what was it? Not, not this past year, but the, the previous yeah. one, the stint Pookie came out was like player of the month was absolutely murdering it. And then phew, just done. Yeah. So Brentford got away um, with it this year because they got to a hot start, but you're right. Overall, it's not a sustainable died point. off, died off very bad in the middle of the middle of the year for them yeah. too. And then leading yeah. the same scenario, like they ba- just barely survived. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Brentford, they're up next though. The sophomore slump potential. We were, these are probably one of our candidates. I know when we ended the season last year that we all said that could potentially, they didn't make the right moves. Be next up for relegation. Uh, Thomas Frank is their manager last year, finished in 13th, 46 points, 48 goals for 56 against. Amazing um, season for them. Unbelievable season. The managing job by Thomas Frank. I think that was their highest season ever in the in the top flight, if I'm not mistaken. Was it? I'm pretty positive. Good for them then. I still I will still never forget the opening day scenes when they when they took down Arsenal and then he like him and that kid and like embraced themselves in the stands, dude. Singing "Hey Jude," unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, like Mike said, stay up. 
if they can even get somewhat close to 13 again, that's a phenomenal season, in my opinion, for the, uh, for the club. But realistically, just stay above the relegation line one more year and then just try to strengthen the squad year by year and just build in something. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about their signing so far? Yeah, so Aaron Hickey, he's a great young fullback from Bologna, Scottish. Um, I don't want to say he's tipped to be like the next Aaron Robertson or Andrew Andrew Robertson. But he's, he's a great, great player. And I think he'll make a big impact for Brentford. And he's a very dynamic, forward-thinking fullback. Um, the other players, Keen Lewis Potter, um, he's brought in to help fill in that Erickson void, which is obviously, and we have to touch on it, going to be a massive, 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 massive void for Brentford. And you can debatably say if Erickson wasn't even in that team and they weren't able to give him, they might have been in that relegation scrap, realistically. Right? Um, so... I think that's a lot of pressure to put on that player's shoulders in particular. And when you look at the roster that they have right now, just for some of the players, I mean, they have, who is it? Uh, Christoph Iyer. They have Ivan Tony, Ivan Tony, Pontus Jackson, um, and Buebo, who, who I like. He's a, he's a good player as well, but kind of similarly to, and Wiso. I, I like Wiso as well, but similarly to, you know, what we were just talking about with Bournemouth, Besides Tony, do you see any of these players, at least from like that midfield perspective, who have the ability and the creativity to come in and carry that team? The only one who may is Sergi Canos, who's shown that in some ability. But beyond that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Brentford has other options, and I think that makes them a little too one-dimensional as a team. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, if I was going to pick one piece of that of that team that needs to be strengthened, it's it's coping with that loss of Erickson over to United. Um, we know Ivan Tony's ability. I mean, his, he didn't hit the ground as, as fast as we thought he was going to, but like it's the Premier League, right? There's always going to be a, a little bit of adjustment and period for a season. We get that, but they really need a, a strong creator to get him more into the game if they want a chance, in my opinion. 15, 56 goals against last year is not a bad tally for a team that was just promoted. Like we j- might just say like that's, they had a, they had a very good season, all things considered, but it's not sustainable if you don't have the supply lines to a striker like Ivan Tony. And at that point, you're just waiting for things to sour. So I think that would be where they really need to look around for loan deals in order to bring someone in that can help that creativity. Yeah, I feel like Erickson came in at the perfect time for them last year. Um, they were in a massive slump for quite a long time that when those winter months, uh, he came in just it added just a spark. I mean, obviously a feel good story to the whole club, like to the club yeah. for him, him personally. Um, just the atmosphere around that was probably excellent. And then obviously do perform too. Like, like, let's not forget about that part. There's a reason he's going to Manchester United right now, but, um, yeah, I'm with you guys. They need something in that midfield. Um, uh, keeper wise, I'm actually kind of curious about what you think. Uh, David Ray. Strakowski coming over. You think he takes over the job or is it just for a competition? Cause he, I mean, pretty solid for Lazio. I think it's David Reyes to lose. I think David Reyes was a good keeper for them, and he's he's got some pretty solid reflexes and shot-stopping ability. Unless there's, like, any sort of specific reason, you know, that he just kind of shits the bed when he's in goal, I don't think it, he'll be giving that spot up relatively soon. So, yeah, I mean, I think, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think they really have, a like, a strong backup either, right? Like, this is a club that makes waves because they don't have a youth academy. They, they buy players, so they don't have really anyone to call up, and that's there's not a whole lot of depth behind him. So I think it's a good option for that, but I'm with Mike. I don't think he gets the starting position off the bat. I mean, it, it, would it surprise me if that happens? No. 
he's a strong player, but I think it's Rias to lose at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was just curious on your opinion on that one. Uh, moving on to the expected goals champions, Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> expected goals. Ninja, grandfather, obviously, our man. Uh, last year's finished ninth place, 51 points, 42 goals for, 44 against, so minus two differential. Aspirations for this year. They're a tricky club for me. I mean, this was another one, too, where I believe this was their best year in the top flight, if I'm not mistaken. Same scenario as Brentford, yeah. right? But the moves don't make me feel like they're they're pushing for more. They're We've been saying bad, this. We've been saying this for years, but then that they consistently have also defied what we have said and have gone higher in the table, right? So I'm not saying I'm in that full Graham Potter and we trust mode just yet, but he's showing a really solid structure of work to back himself up and say, look, I've done this before with a lesser quality teams and was able to keep Brighton up. So I think Brighton, well, I think they finished ninth again, probably not. Do I think they float around that mid table mark or a little bit behind more than likely? I think they have the quality to do that. And the manager who's tactically sound to do that, but like we've been beating our chest and saying for a couple of years now, you know, they need, need, need to reinvest some of the money they've gotten from the Yves Basuma, the Ben White into somebody other than Danny Welbeck and Neil Mompe. It's, it's got to happen sooner than later. So is Graham Potter, a serious question, is Graham Potter the new Sean Dyche crush? He honestly might be. <laughs> he honestly might be. I, that's a, that's what you're talking about him. Because he, he's an amazing manager, dude. He's, he's awesome. He's great. He's awesome. For those that watch on video, Mike was like lighting up the entire, the entire time he was giving that little two-minute speech there, so... Yeah, just seemed, just seemed like it fit. He he impassioned me to give that speech. <laughs> I mean, if you go if you go look at Brighton's transfers so far this year, I mean they've really brought in what three players in total. If you look at their departure list, it's closer to like fifteen or twenty. It is <laughs> a large number of loans, releases, and and transfers. Um, yeah, obviously strikers where they have to look. That's that's absolutely number one in terms of. Finishing the season, though, I, I think, I think you have to. If you're if you're the Brighton board and you're looking at this, or you're the Brighton fan base, I don't think you can possibly say that you're comfortable finishing lower than tenth position after having your best season. Like this is the time to build on that and and push forward. So I think anything less than tenth has to be seen as just nothing more than a step back. Like yeah, shoot for ninth, shoot for higher, but I think you got to look for tenth. I, I don't know if I'd consider that a. Maybe, but I, I'm not sure because, like, you have to realize too, like they they lost a integral integral part of Yves Basuma in that team. Massive. There's talks that they might lose Mark Cucurella to Manchester City, right? Uh, they lost Ben White most recently the last year. They're constantly selling their quality players, and you know I think it's and eventually you're going to see that regress happen a little bit because they still need to get some of these players up to speed. Um, so I wouldn't They've be surprised if they, team, though. yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised the if they drop like... a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised if they drop at all. Like if they, if they finish in 13th, it wouldn't surprise me, but I think at least the target has to be 10th given the, the quality of season they had last year, given the quality of Graham Potter at the helm and the way he's able to whip this team in shape. And I mean, at this point, the way that Graham Potter has performed, I can't imagine that anyone coming and going is not directly his decision. Yeah. So at course. that at that point, I have to I have to hope that he's getting the players that he wants. 
Um, obviously, we haven't really heard of anything big coming out of there, but they probably don't have the purse strings for that at this point. We know that. Um, but I, I don't. I just. I still think if you're that team, anything less than less than tenth is just like damn. Like we had the wheels starting to roll. We had the pieces there to do it. And yeah, I know there's sales going on, but where do you? We'll we'll talk about it next next uh, next time and where we think they're going to land. Predictions. Yeah, I mean, l- listen, they did bring in forwards. I don't think they're going to make an instant impact by any means. Yeah. Um, Julio and Cisco, he's from Paraguay, uh, and they're in their league over there, 14 appearances, 11 goals, three assists. Not bad numbers. Will that translate to the Premier League in his first season? Probably not. He's going to have an adjustment pe- period, right? Culturally, just the way, like the way like, it's, it's, I think it's so not spoken about. I don't know the right word for that, but, um, yeah, or not talked about enough to where like you're making this giant leap, moving on to like a different side of the, the entire world. You're not used to the culture, the food, the travel, like, all that stuff, the weather. Like, it's a massive difference. So those numbers aren't necessarily going to translate, especially year one. Um, they have a Nigerian midfielder. I'm pretty sure they just signed. He was playing over in Denmark, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they're 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 looking at these young guys, and I don't think it's going to fix it now. Problem. Yeah, but my concern is it's not a fix it now problem. But what happens if they regress to a point where it becomes like a panic button? a panic button problem, you know, not to say Potter is a bad enough coach where he'll get, let it get to that point, but you never know. Like you're betting on youth, which has its pros and cons. So. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, speaking of youth, this, uh, this next team does quite a bit of wheeling and dealing with kids that uh, from what, 17 all the way to 24 makes them career loan players. Uh, we're gonna go with Chelsea here <laughs> under new ownership. The Roman Bromwich era is over. Marina era is over. We have Todd Bowley at the helm, taking over transfers as well as owner. Last year's finish, third place, managed oh, managed by Thomas Ducal. Uh, 74 points, 76 goals for, 33 against. Not a bad number right there. Aspirations for them, obviously Champions League. I think we can all agree that the title race, although they are making some relatively good signings, is just out of reach. Liverpool and City are on a different level. Um, most recent transfers for them, obviously, Raheem Sterling from City. Excess, like we talked about before from the Arsenal conversation. Koulibaly from Napoli. I feel like that one was talked about like for years that he was going to be transferred to Chelsea potentially. And yeah. then uh, Jules Kondunde, not official, but official. As soon as we got on this podcast, it looked like he, they pretty much agreed upon a number at $55 million. Mm-hmm. So obviously the film, the void at center back, which they lost from Rudiger and Christensen. Anything else you like out of seeing out of Chelsea? Yeah, I mean – Good business so far. Obviously, the running jokes being that Chelsea and Manchester United were just very lackluster towards the beginning of this, this transfer window and that, you know, due to the change of ownership. But a really good start. Losing Andreas Christensen for free, losing Antonio Rudiger for free, and an aging Thiago Silva, regardless of how unbelievable that guy is, left a lot of holes in that back line. Koulibaly is a stalwart for Napoli, one of the best defenders in the world, and they got him at a pretty good price. I was a little disappointed at first. Tiago Silva didn't he resign for another year? He did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. No, I'm just I saying that. I'm saying that Christensen and Rudiger leaving are a blow, and Tiago Silva at the age he's at, only for one more year, left a lot of holes in the defense. Oh, I did not hear that part. Yeah. Right. My so, no, you're good. So, like, Koulibaly is a natural born leader. He's tough. He's physical. He's fast. We, we know his capabilities, and they got him at a decent price. Initially, when that transfer came through, I don't know about you, Steve, as a fellow Chelsea supporter, but I was a little disappointed due to his age that we weren't going out and getting Kunde first. But I think that was clearly the, the biggest need for that team was, was figuring out that back line. 
especially with the injuries yes. on the wings. So I found that interesting too. So for those that don't know, like Chelsea's one of their biggest transfer policies for years under Marino was basically if you're over 30, the odds of you getting a contract even more than a year was almost literally yeah, like non-existent. No, no matter if you were a club legend or not, it just didn't like 30 years old, one year contract from here on out, like the entire time. The fact that William was arguing trying to get a three-year deal when he got a two, I was like, bro, count your blessings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no secret that Chelsea need to figure out their striker position, but I'm thinking that the resurgence of Kai Havers towards the second half of that year um, has instilled a lot of faith in that team. I think in terms of their finish, yeah, it's Champions League or nothing. Like that, If they don't finish in Champions League positions, absolute failure for the season. If, I, would, I would say third I, place is where they should be. Like, I agree. They should be aiming for. I would completely agree with that. Um, but I, th- I think there's still a lot going on there. I, we, we know the rumors coming out. I think their biggest priority at this point has to be departures. Um, once they wrap up a Koundé deal, if that is indeed going to happen, because we know Barcelona's in the mix as well, somehow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but They have Monopoly money, a lot of Monopoly money. Monopoly money. They, they, they're they, actually they're actually the ones controlling the bank and dishing it out. Like they hired the guys from Money Heist to rob Madrid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think departures has to be sorted out, and um, I would like to see for them another midfield signing. Um, Kante's getting older, you know, with time, and and Jorginho's talking about leaving, and Kovacic, just it's just not a source for goals and assists as reliably as they need. Um, so Where do you think Connor Gallagher fits into that mix then? Because I think he starts. Uh, I think he's an international. He should start. I don't get like thrown to the wolves. Let this man like I'm. They're not throwing to the wolves. He did for Crystal Palace all year. That kid's legit. Yeah, I'm <laughs> at more of a defensive midfielder, someone that can hold, gotcha. hold down the fort because Jorginho doesn't have the likes for it. Kovacic, as good as he is defensively, is 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 no defensive midfielder. He's more of a box to box midi. So I'd like to see them shore up that that center defensive midfield position after the defense. <laughs> quite a few things actually basically every every spot like every position defense midfield okay. striker they need somebody. we don't they need get everybody. ronaldo and bape messi <laughs> Mar, it's a bust okay <laughs> <laughs> do you think sterling was the right signing uh chelsea's i'm not i'm gonna use this term uh, loosely here i want to say they're loaded but they have a lot of depth at winger very very much so depth like a i i found that an interesting solution to them although if you look at our goal, uh, goal scoring wingers, really don't have many of them. Sterling has been, I mean, granted, he played at Man City in a perfect situation, probably, but he does score. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, look, uh, personal feelings aside, because I'm not a big Sterling fan, just uh, like the flopping and everything, theatrics and shit, but I'm gonna, hate, um, I'm gonna hate watching that. Yeah, definitely. But ultimately speaking, I think you have to credit that to an incredibly smart piece of business to get a player. 27 years of age in going into his absolute prime, having worked under a manager in a team like Pep Guardiola, who's a yep. proven Premier League player in, in England international, I think has to be just ultimately concluded as a brilliant piece of business, especially Absolutely. The price. and I feel yes, like, yeah, the price, the price alone, like especially being English. Like yes. I, yeah, absolutely. Great, great dealing. So for me, I think it made complete sense. He's from London. He'll settle right in. No problem. Um, and I think given the fact that what you guys just said with the depth and the depth, they don't produce. So like the depth is almost worthless at a point, right? Ziyech is not scoring goals and making assists. Pulisic is really not scoring goals and making assists. And Timo scores, but he's offsides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is the offside flag. 
and he, well, that's what I say. Verner's Verner's not a winger. Like as as pacey as he is, and and he provides these assists. He can't he be brought in for one on one the way Sterling can. So I think it makes complete sense to bring him in. I think it's a great piece of business. Yeah, it'll be it'll be, it'll be interesting how it plays out for them. I I still do believe they would need a legit number nine. Um, yeah. Havers can fill the void, but the reason I lo- I. I still like the Lukaku signing. I know it didn't pan out, but he he offered something completely different as a forward for us. Truthfully, I would take a 36-year-old Drew at the, like I like he was so <laughs> I think good I think us. almost anybody would take a 36-year-old Drew. I think it was two goals the other day. <laughs> I want that man's hairline is what I want at 36 years old. I'm pretty, pretty way behind the curve there. 36 I'll take that 28 right now. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I've harped on this on this podcast multiple times, so I'm sorry if you, you listened this entire way through. But Pulisic and Giroud was a filthy combo. Like they understood each other, knew how to play. But like Giroud fit the scheme where he played the false nine perfectly for us every single time, like he does for France. Like he doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest goal scorer, but he links up everything up front. Lukaku plays differently. He plays in more behind, but he can also back down defenders. Like I'm not playing the ball in the Havertz and then watching him try to hold off Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I, mean, like, I wonder if Chelsea try to make a move at the last minute for any sort of striker at the end of the transfer window. If like a deal pops up and who they might go for, or if they just kind of say, you know what, we'll roll the dice with Havertz and see what happens for the rest of the year, and then gamble on somebody the following year. Yeah, it's going to be tricky for that, just because Tuchel historically has liked some of those more pacey players. Um, I mean, when he was time at Dortmund, Aubameyang was there, right? Even in, when he was in Paris, Mbappe is not a, a strong player. Even when Icardi was there, he's not a strong player. So I think maybe, like for me personally, if you're going to look at a striker, maybe someone like Jonathan David, I think would be would be an interesting interesting look. Um, that pace of those front three would just be devastating at that point um, because I don't I, I think like the way Tuchel wants to play Lukaku wasn't the perfect fit. That was an Antonio no, Conte player through and through. Yes, it, it just, I love, I, like I said, I love the signing. I thought it, it made sense if we played to him, but like you could see it on the field, there's just no connection between him and our midfielders yeah. ever. Yeah, agreed. He wanted the ball, they wouldn't play where he wanted it. Like they wouldn't play it at all. They wouldn't even look at him like, bro, like what's, right, what's I don't know. Right. Nuts. Because considering the year he had to enter the, pre- like the previous uh, season. The fallout. But can I introduce this next one? Yeah. Number 12, well, not number 12, but standing out of the red corner with a record of four and zero against Minnesota United as official, officially right now, Everton. That is ridiculous. Four well, zero. Crystal Palace. So you're, Crystal you're Palace, dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I got so ready for that. Sorry, just buzzed on my phone. I was like, ooh. <laughs> All wow, right, that, was an, that was an absolute <laughs> epic fail. Not gonna lie. I'll cut that out. Let's start with Crystal Palace. <laughs> nope, we're not cutting any of that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're keeping that one, buddy. You're keeping it. Oh, but no. I'm never tossing over host duties to you literally ever again. Um, <laughs> the manager, Patrick Vieira, had a great first year, in my opinion. Um, last year's finish was 12th, way above where anyone thought they'd probably finish. And if you guys watched them throughout the year, like we all did. There was a lot of games they could have turned into three points that they got one or zero from. And oh, yeah. That that twelfth place finish could have been a hell of a lot higher. Um, 50, 50 goals for, forty six against. For them, aspirations. I'm thinking just crack the top ten. Uh, like something basically. Um, who was it before that we were talking about? Brighton. Yeah. 
kind of like Sammy's exact situation. Uh, they do have some pieces to put back together. Um, Connor Gallagher, like we just spoke about, honestly, I, I thought he was massive for them. I being a Chelsea supporter, I obviously want him back at the, back at the club, but if there's a second place I want to see him go is Crystal. Like I want to see him stay over there. Like he was absolutely killing it for them. And from what I understand is like, he, he almost didn't want to leave either. So, um, other pieces of transfer business, the best one of them all for us, at least, uh, Chris Richards seems to be pretty locked into a $10 million deal from Bayern Munich over, uh, on permanent basis. Uh, Hopefully play next to Mark A. Don't know. I think that's an amazing, if that deal goes through officially, I think that is an amazing, amazing combination in the back line. I think they also, if I'm not mistaken, spent a little bit of money the year prior on, uh, I think his name is like Joaquin Anderson, right? Um, he's also a great center back as well. Left footed. sounds very familiar. Yeah, he's, he's a solid left-footed center back. You can even see maybe Crystal Palace switch to like a back three and then have Chris Richards on the right left, right side center back. And then you could see Ty, Tyreek Mitchell and um, what's his name on the on the right. Uh, Nathaniel Klein, excuse me. Push up a little bit potentially and like really kind of help press teams because that's what they like to do. That's how they like to play on the front foot. And I think – it's just a, assuming Richards goes through, he's great at playing through the the lines as well. It's exactly the type of Vieira signing they would want to make in a back line. So, yep, yeah, and the business bringing Ducori in too from from Lens was was pretty good for them. He's a midfielder. He doesn't score a lot of goals. He's not going to provide a whole lot going forward. Um, but I think that was a pretty good place for them to to strengthen in that that midfield position, um, especially with the loss of, to Steve's point Gallagher. So you're, if you're going to lose a little bit of that creativity and it's going to be extremely hard to replace, then you maybe have to think about shoring up that defensive part of your midfield and maybe understanding that you may have to absorb more pressure this year, um, which given the way all these teams are strengthening is likely seems to be the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with Eze coming back to, because I know he was injured for a majority of the season, uh, a, a good portion for Crystal Palace last year, if I remember correctly. Um, he'll hopefully fill a little bit of that void, not necessarily in the center of the midfield of the park for like Gallagher, but in terms of goals, assists, providing that extra legs and running. Um, I think Palace has every tool in their arsenal to really be a dark horse for a contender within Europe. I think they're a young, hungry team, and I think Vera is he's showing to be a great coach. Yeah, absolutely. Saw it last year too, man. Like, like we said, like they they were so close in so many games that they could have turned. If they just, I don't have the exact thing like sheet in front of me or anything like that, but I'm, I'm sure if they scored five more goals in like those like some a couple crucial games where they had draws instead of wins, we're talking damn near that like that spot. So I'm with it. If, do you think if if they have another successful season, let's say top ten, maybe even higher, if they do push that, do you think Biera stays or is he going to be courted by somebody else? I think he stays. I don't think so. I, the, the only way I think he could leave is if let's just say this and let's go down some hypothetical routes End the season, everything happens. Arteta doesn't hit champions league. Arsenal fires Arteta. Why not turn to Vieira right down the road in London? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think, I think he stays just because even though he's doing great work at palace right now, and he's turning into like a very exciting and, and, and fun team to watch. I think his his CV, his resume right now, isn't up to the quality of some of these more massive clubs in Europe, and I don't think they're going to look at him for it. I think it's solely down to that. I think might hit it right in the head. A club like like Everton or or, or Arsenal guys too closer. Yeah, I think Everton would be a, a really interesting move for him. 
Yeah. I wanted to mention too. They stay up. There yeah. was a, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, there was also, up actually, if, you, if you haven't heard. <laughs> there was also another uh, signing too that they made, which I thought was pretty interesting from Palace in particular. I know they have uh, Vincente Giata as goalkeeper, but now they also have Jack Butlin, if I'm not mistaken, and Sam, and, and Sam Johnstone. Um, Sam Johnstone's a, a great keeper. Jack Butlin's a pretty good keeper. So I think with Johnstone in there as well, like they're gonna they're gonna potentially pull some more points out. So I feel like he's like a Premier League journeyman. Like I know he went down to West Brom for a little while, but other than that, like he, he's been around for quite quite a bit. Uh, moving on to Everton, uh, Frankly, Frankie Lamps took over as manager. They did survive last year. God knows how. Um, last year was finished 16th, 39 points, 43 goals, four. And uh, 63 against Mike. You're a little dyslexic yeah. there. You wrote the uh, A and the F there on the wrong uh, ones. Whoops, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Aspirations 2022. Um, I, I, I'm joking when I say don't get relegated, but at the same time, they just lost for Charleston. They haven't really brought in anybody. Just James Tarkowski, I think. I'm zero to Minnesota United. Don't forget that. As we're recording, they're losing 4 nothing to Minnesota United. Right? Yeah. Yep. No. I. Well, it's finalized now, but. Oh shit! Okay. Officially four nothing. Yeah, officially four nothing. Oh, it's the preseason, right? It's just the preseason. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. Um, you guys help me out with this one. What? They're usually what a top ten team. They're usually. They, 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 what'd you say? They're usually like a, Everton's usually like a top eight team. I think. They float in the top ten. They, Between like seven and seven and ten. Yeah, they float historically. I. What are they doing? I, I honestly would love to sit here and say like now they'll bounce back, but I really don't think they will. I genuinely don't think they will. Losing with Charleston is a massive blow, and I know they have no. There's nothing they could do about it, right? They needed the finances, and if one player was going to bring that in almost immediately, it was going to be Richarlison. Calvert-Lewin just yeah, spend it. for year over year now just to not be able to stay healthy. When he is, they're firing, but he's not. He's great. Yeah, but he, he, he does. She just simply doesn't. Um, and I, I really fail to see how they're going to crack the top 10. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think definitely that's the target still, but they need, they need players almost everywhere. I feel like success for them is like 13th place at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, Seriously. That's the vibe I'm getting from him. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, Tarkowski's I mean, a good start, though. Yeah, he's no, a great no, player. A great starter. Yeah. Don't disagree at all. But you need a lot more than just him. Kept Burnley afloat for how many years, but... He's a good player. Everything. I feel like you want to I mean, achieve more. Uh, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, up top, if you look at it, they're going to be relying on Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Anthony Gordon, Damari Gray, and Andres Townsend, realistically. And maybe a little bit of like Alexander Wilby, right? I don't think any of those players, bar Anthony Gordon, potentially having like a breakout year, is going to like, is going to do it for him up top. Yeah. I mean, DCL, he's going to get injured. Deli Ali, as much as I loved him when he was at Spurs, He's not that player anymore, unfortunately. He's not going to come through the midfield and be that ghosting midfielder who can score goals as that almost false eight running in, right? Um, and for the other midfielders they have, I don't see them really contributing too much from a, a goal and assist perspective. So 
I, I think there's a lot of question marks around this squad. And to be frank, like if they, if they finish in to, like, to Vito's point, like that 13th or that 14th spot, I think that's a successful season for them. Like I, I honestly am struggling to find a way for them to break into the top 10 with the squad they have and the investments they've made thus far. Yeah, no, I could definitely, I, I mean, for me personally, I was very disappointed to not see them go a lot harder to try to get Christian Erickson's signature. I thought that was a very enticing move for them and they were non-existent for it. I think it was a player they needed. I think it was a player they could get. And I think it was a player that would immediately improve their team. And it obviously didn't happen, but I, I, they're not making like any noise even like, it's not even like rumors that you're hearing about this, these guys right now. Yeah. I wonder how much the financial fair play is and balancing the books for them is coming into effect and what they can and can't do. Cause obviously they were kind of forced into selling Richarlison and, I'm curious if that's all catching up to them now where it's at the point where they can't make a move just yet until maybe they offload somebody else. Yeah. I mean, there's they have to go bargain hunting essentially at the end of this, at the transfer window. Yeah. I, I mean, there are, there are rumors like floating around a little bit because I, I to correct myself. There's not like, there's no rumors about their transfers, right? There's talks like uh, leaving, leaving Kurzawa coming over or even adding, uh, adding Yanazai, but. Yanazai, like shit. Yeah. Like, that's what I was just thinking. Um, but you're right. It's like, that's not going to do it for them. If they want to cry, I don't think it's enough to get into the top 10. Lambs has to pull a miracle here. Um, and I don't think he's going to be able to do it. And I don't think he's going to make it to the end of the season. I was about to say, I think he's gone. I, I love this. What's up? I think he's gone by Christmas. Yeah. I, I thought, I feel like you should have spent more time in the championship as a manager. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought the Chelsea situation was just a perfect timing thing for him, given like how well Der- uh, Derby did that one year. And he knew the kids but, already that they had to play. Exactly. Like the transfer, like he, he got into like a perfect situation for that, for that to make sense. But I, I don't feel like he's up to the, like, if you give me him or Vieira, I'm picking Vieira 10 out of 10 oh, times. Every, yeah, we, absolutely. Gerard, probably same thing. I don't know. My, my thing with Lampard, and I don't want to get too off track here, because is I look at someone like Mikel Arteta studying and being like a student of the game again under someone like Pep Guardiola, and Lampard didn't go through that. Um, he just jumped right he in. Inherit, he did, yeah, he didn't inherit a Real Madrid like Zinazi Dadan with one of the best teams that ever graced the field, right? He, he inherited a, a, a low-key Chelsea team on a transfer budget, on a transfer ban, and then went to an, a struggling Everton team already. So, like, He's, I think he missed just steps in the managerial process. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, moving on, we have our second newly relegated – or relegated. Newly relegated. Newly promoted team in Fulham. Uh, Marco Silva as their manager. Last year they finished in first place in the championship. 90 points, 106 goals for only 43 against <laughs> – Aspirations avoid relegation, obviously, but they're a weird team for me, man. Every, like they've kind of yo-yoed a little bit. The last time they were up, I thought they were we're definitely not gonna get relegated. Mitrovic up top. Like they have enough capability of getting goals. But last time they were in the prime, I just feel like I feel like it's nothing nothing blended or gelled for them. It was weird. I'm just waiting inevitably for the one of the final days of the season. Not to say that hopefully it gets to this point, but you're going to see Fulham versus Leeds, battle of the two American teams going at it. 
and we're going to have to watch some Americans get relegated on one day, and it's going to be so terrible to watch. <laughs> I just know it's inevitably going to happen, but <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's regardless, that's an unreal record, 106, 4 and 43 against. I mean, they, they, I mean, it's not a surprise though, if you look at their potential starting lineup, like who you're expecting to see out on the first day, like you're talking about players like, uh, so players like uh, Mitrovic, right? Like, I know it's like Mitrovic and it's he, he had his time in the Premier League, he was down at Fulham, but he, he puts in, he puts in the work. Like, they're, they're a good team. It's just any team that comes up from promotion to Steve's point with all of those goals. It makes you still like it makes you think, makes you worry because it's just historically not been successful strategy. Look at Norwich this past season, this exact same situation. They murdered it in the championship. I don't know the exact amount of goals they had, but it was it was a very high number. I think they came in first place even. Yeah, but they, they are they are talking about making the right moves though. Don't don't forget, like they're look they're apparently in talks with Leon right now to sign their captain Leo Dubois, who plays the right back position. Um, I think he's like twenty seven or twenty eight or something like that, and um. And like someone like Mbabu, et cetera. So like they know what they have to do right now. All the rumors are based around their center back and their right back position that are swirling around. There's talks of Eric Bailly going on loan for Manchester United as well, which would be, I think, a great signing. Yeah, very, very wow, that, that, that'd be an amazing signing for them. It's all right. They got Jetty on the left left wing back. That's all they need. He's going to drop in like <laughs> 16 assists this year, pop in a few goals. They're fine. Yeah. Promote it. And Timmy. Don't forget about Timmy. Wait, what? Um, oh, never mind. Now you're good. Just, you know, calling our, nah, we're not going to go there. Um, I, I, do you think they stay up? Honestly, I, I, uh, I want to say history, yeah. history says no. <laughs> I, I think of everyone good. coming up this year, they're the most likely. Really, really, I think I think they're more likely than Bournemouth for sure, or Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I I think so. I think they're going to be undervalued. That playoff Nottingham one, dude. I thought nobody wanted to win that game. Also, they probably <laughs> shouldn't have because they gave away two clear cut penalties that were not called. That was brutal. Separate story. Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield. Separate story. Brutal for them. Plus, I mean, maybe I'm a, a bit biased, but um. I like the manager over there too. Scott Parker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I thought it was um oh, Marco Silva. Marco Silva. Silva. Yeah. yeah. Marco Silva. Excuse me. I thought you I thought you were just messing with Vito and be like, this guy doesn't even know he's fucking talking. Scott, I'm pretty sure Scott Parker managed Fulham at one point. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like Marco Silva. He's, he's a young coach. I like the style that he plays. Um, he got he has a lot of experience already, and I think he's going to do a pretty good job in that steering the ship. He did he coach Everton as well, and he got fired, and then he coached Watford, got fired. If I'm not mistaken, that sounds like the order. That is no, he started at Watford and then went to Everton, and then okay. left Everton to go to Fulham. Well, he okay, he got kicked out. But, but to your to your point, he has managing experience in the Premier League, yeah. and he knows exactly what he probably needs to do at this point. And it's not like either exactly. of those teams. Whole City, Watford, Everton, Fulham. Now that's four English teams. I think he has the ability to navigate. Do you Google it well as well? I, I just looked it up too. Yeah, I just looked that up. Yeah, I had, I, had a, I couldn't because I, I couldn't remember if he started out with Everton or Watford. Like Mike, um, we'll see. I, I, if you score that many goals, you're coming up. I mean, listen, they still give up pretty much one a game. 
at the championship level. They right, 43. I think they play 46 games over there. Not a great statistic. If you, you're imagining that's, I'm not going to say double by any means, but you're probably going to give up the same amount of goals in the championship or in the Premier League as you did in the championship, if I had to just guess. So, yeah. I'd agree. I think staying in staying in the Premier League is a positive for any of these promoted clubs. So that's like the goal right there. From their perspective, I think Mitrovic will get his as long as you provide for him. And that's where I think their biggest question mark should be because they sign Andreas Pereira. Um, and they have like Harry Wilson, who's a, who's a great free kick specialist, and Knockhart, who's good. But I'm curious how much they're able to actually influence the game and get Mitrovic the ball in places where he can be very dangerous because he has – that ability to be very, very dangerous. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if they stay up, it he's the guy. I'm not saying a 20 goal season by any means, but he's 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 popping in at least 15 if they if they have any chance of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moving on to our last club of the day, my favorite other than Chelsea, Leeds United manager Jesse Marsh, American. Last year, finished in 17th place, escaped by the skin of their teeth. Eight, 38 points, 42 goals for, 79 against. <laughs> 79. Maybe, not the right, maybe not the right order of those you want to see. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like defense. They're, kind of, they're, they're more of a go-forward kind of guys. Um, aspirations, it has to be not get relegated, obviously. But don't forget the year they got, rele- they, uh, got promoted. I want to say, what was it? Three years ago now? 11th place. I'm not 100%. Yeah, I forget. It was it was kind of shocked everybody. They had a great year. Um, listen, Jesse Marsh took over, got them out of the doghouse. Transfer business: Brendan Aronson from Salzburg, uh, Christensen also from Salzburg. So they both came over. Tyler Adams from Lisbon, Leipzig. Sorry, <laughs> got it right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, Mark Rocco from Bayern. They're making moves. I want to say they have the second or third highest net spend right now uh, in the Premier League. It's, it's up there. And I know you yeah. didn't mention him, but Luis Santara too. That kid is electric. Electric. Oh yeah, over. It. Yep. Unbelievable winger. So. So listen, they spent the money that they got from Rafinha. I think they're pretty good moves. I don't know. Phillips hasn't left yet, right? Is he, he has. Is he going? He's he's at City already. He's fully City. He is. Yep, fully. Okay, I, w- I, w- I wasn't sure. Um, do I think Adam's on the same level as that? No, absolutely not. Do I think he's a relatively really good replacement at the same time? Yeah. I mean, we watch him for the U.S. all the time. The dude doesn't take any shit. Like, he's going to track back. He's going to be in front of your back line, stopping a lot of stuff. Yep. Pretty much what they need. Exactly what they need. That's the exact type of player they need. And I think that Marsh is now making these moves to fix – that defensive problem that everyone in the entire planet got himself knows like they, they had, they had to fix that defensive midfield hole. So when that can stop counterattacks when they just are flying forward. And I think Adams is going to be great at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second he took over last year, you watched their shape just absolutely change. Yep. I'm not saying they became the most defensive team in the Premier League by any means, but you saw a structure, you saw, you saw a structure, but still effort to go forward that like they had under, um, well, I just drew a blank. Marcelo on Bielsa. Under Bielsa. So it wasn't like he took away from what they were good at, but he just like stabilized them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the signings they made were exactly what they, what they needed. Um, I think Christensen, that's going to, I mean, obviously they brought in, uh, 
they brought in Aronson, they brought in Sintera, they brought in Adams, who are going to be great signings. But I think Christensen is going to be that key signing for them because he obviously worked with Jesse Marsh at Salzburg, or Marsh is, has known him, right? So he knows at some length what he's capable of. Um, and it's to Vito's point, it's no surprise, like defensively, they were just terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, and if they want any chance, they need somebody to really step up in that center back and true sweeper position. And hopefully for them, Christians, this guy is uh, Christensen is, is that it? he's it. So the only I think, team he, I think was, he's um, the key. He's, he's that key right there for them, in my opinion, to stay up. Besides the only team guys. worse was um, Norwich last year, right? Yeah. Well, um, I think so. Yeah. It sounds about right. I can't remember if Wofford was too, but I think it was just, I think it was just Norwich. I think they actually, Wofford wasn't as bad. Yeah, I yeah. think it was them. Um, to, be, to be frank though, like a lot of great signings, right? Brennan Aronson, Christensen, obviously Tyler Adams, but I'm very, very excited to see Mark Roca actually. He was, he's like 25 years old now, but he was on loan for two years over at Espanol in Spain and did very, very well, very highly rated when Bayern Munich signed him. And uh, I mean, you're, all, you're obviously always going to struggle for game time when you're over at a club like Bayern Munich and you're 24 years old. That's just inevitable. But mm. he he has a lot of talent. He's also more defensively minded like Tyler Adams, who likes to link between the center backs um, and the midfield and forward. So I think he's going to be a really good signing for them. He played against, I think, who did Leeds play? Black, Blackburn? Blackpool? Recently? Um, in one of their friendlies, and he looked phenomenal when he was out in the field. I think a, a double defensive midfield with him and um, Adams Tyler would be Adams. devastating. That would absolutely shore up the back for them, at least this year where they're trying to get back on their feet. Because if I'm leads with the signings that they've made, um, I think you have to at least, at a very minimum, look for 15th place. Minimum. I think you I mean, really should be targeting closer to 13th to 10th. Yeah. I mean, again, like even last year, too, they – they probably could have done a lot better if they didn't have some of the injuries they had. Cause I know Calvin Phillips was out for a little bit. Bamford was out for a while. Bamford's huge. He's, yeah. like, he's the guy. Yeah. yeah. So there was obviously those pieces going against them, but I, do I think they're going to be relegation candidates again? No. I don't think so. Honestly. Potentially. I, I, I'm not getting that vibe really from that. I'm picking them as my dark horse for that ECL spot. I don't see that. That's that. But I think so we're going to clip that part right now and oh. then we're going to play that when they come in. Like I'm the editor. <laughs> I, I think they, if they finish around that 13th to 15 spot, that's a solid 12 to 12 to 15. That's a solid year for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I feel like the teams around them haven't done that nearly as well, nearly as much as they have done. The newly promoted teams don't scare me. I think they're better than all three of them. I, I find it hard to believe they get relegated. I'm not saying it's not out of the realm of possibility. Obviously, it easily can be. We just watched it happen last year. Um, I just think they're making too many positive moves in the right directions. And what we've already seen from Marsh and how he shored them up, I'm yeah, I'm relatively pretty confident they're not in that scrap. Not saying they won't I, be around. I put, them, like, I put them ahead of Everton at this point. Am I right? Oh, now? oh I, absolutely. absolutely. I, I put them on par with Leicester, too, to be honest with you. I put them close. I, I think Leicester and them play fantastic styles but i think if you put pit of them against each other i mean we'll see this year we're gonna play twice i think they're gonna be very very evenly matched thank you that's how the premier league table works everyone i'm everyone well aware thank you steve <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if there's any newbies bro I just... <laughs> <laughs> you're right there might be people listening for the first time hey if you're wondering everyone plays home and away against each other yeah. 19 uh so 19 home 19 away 38 games 
there you go. I clarified for everybody. Just you're welcome. Thank you. That. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Anything else though, boys, uh, before we kind of head out here? Yeah, I have one more thing. Um, in case there's any Everton fans listening, I apologize for my remarks. Karma is a cruel bitch, and Chelsea just let in a 90-second equalizer in their match against a newly created Charlotte team. So <laughs> I just saw the notification come up too. On <laughs> <laughs> a penalty. But it's not for nothing. Not for nothing. Not for nothing. But <laughs> anything else, Michael? No. Excited to get the other 10 out of the way next week and then give some nice bold predictions that apparently Vito's been stewing on over the entire summer and just dropping on us this entire time. I have so <laughs> many. I have, I have my whole my whole table already built in my head. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually picking like, cause he just said they're basically like Lester. I'm actually picking leads to win the entire thing. They just escaped relegation. Now they're going to go on and win 5,000 to one odds. So let's throw, let's, we got to throw a 20 on them boys. The, the odds are like plus 200. <laughs> like, I like it. But that'll do it for this episode of the Sunday league screamers podcast, like comment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at the SL screamers underscore pod for daily tweets about the show. World Football, the Premier League, and United States Men's National Team. I'm your host, Steve, with Mike and Vito, signing off.